You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Bill for the Stage podcast. This is Joe Roscoe, founder of Built for the Stage, Broadway's number one fitness platform. If you haven't tried out Built for the Stage yet, go to builtforthestage.com and you'll be on your way to a one-week free trial working with myself on an interactive fitness app. Actors or athletes, train like one. All right, let's get on to our special guest. I just got to see Shucked, the musical on Broadway, and um, saying it was funny would be an understatement. Uh, really excited to uh, talk with our guest who's a swing and covers the role of Maisie. They recently were on tour with uh, Beautiful and Ain't Too Proud as well. And they just came over to Broadway to make their Broadway debut. Please welcome to the podcast, Tracy Elaine Lee. Yes! Oh, see, you're feeling the vibe. That's my vibe. I love it. I love it. It was such a good oh. intro. You know, I didn't want it to fall flat. Yeah. And the masses roar. Huh? Uh, thanks again for being on the podcast. Uh, it's Monday and you have the day off. Yeah. Big breath in and out. Yes. Oh, yes. Kumbaya. Oh, yeah. um, you're you're going to go see Back to the Future, you were saying, uh, yeah. before we hit record. Yeah, I'm going to see Back to the Future tonight. I'm excited. I'm like using my Monday to see what I can see and cheer on I think that's, some friends and all that, you know? Yeah, I think that's so great. Um, I wish more shows would mix in. Maybe, maybe they could come together and do like a rotating Monday schedule just so performers can have a, a you know, more of a chance to see each other. It's crazy. I, I talked to some of my friends, they've been on Broadway for like ever. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Like what shows have you seen? And they're like, honestly, I, I really haven't seen much of anything. Right. Cause you can't get away. It's like, do you like take the personal day? And then of course, as a swing, it's like, do you take the personal day? Cause then like, yeah what I call Armageddon will happen. It's like everyone's down and now you're out of the building. Right. You know, chaos. But. Absolutely. And also like, <clears throat> am I going to take a day off from the theater so I can go to the theater? <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. That's, do I leave my dark place of work? Like, do I stop sitting in the house of my mm -hmm. dark theater for that? Dark ab theater? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. All right. Let's start our, uh, 
our episode off with the BFTS hot seat. I'm going to pop up that little banner over here. Let's see. Uh, let's see what this is like. There we go. Get some music going for our hot seat. Are you ready? Oh, I think I am. All right. So back to the future tonight. If you could go back to the past in any time era and place, where would you go? So like a decade and a place. Ooh. Okay. I love the 70s. Okay. Right? Like the music is it. It's like the music of my soul. Okay. So I'm going to say seven, the 1970s, which is, you know, 10 years. But I think I would pick New York City so I can like 54 below it like you'd have to like drag me out of that place got it got it i like in my what i can imagine of it like are oh, you yeah. are you still a performer or are you like a secret agent are you a Ooh. like who are who are you and you know Ooh. i kind of like secret agent okay we'll go with it okay. yeah i, was, I, I really I actually feeling, like that i was feeling that for you i was feeling that yeah okay. like you know like in incognito on the dance floor absolutely of course. <laughs> Perfect cover. Perfect cover. Uh, okay, more simple. Are we going to go with uh, cake or ice cream? Ice cream. Ice cream or donuts? I think ice cream. What's your yeah. favorite ice cream? Right now, I love a Ben & Jerry's strawberry cheesecake. Mm. But that's definitely not the name. You know it's some crazy name, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> like the strawberry magical world. Right. With a little bit of this. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. All right. So you're not in New York City because you're an actor, but you can live anywhere in the States or maybe abroad. Where would you be living right now? Ooh, in the States. I actually just talked about this with a friend of mine. I I love the mountains. I'm mm. from Texas, so the plain, the flattest of flat, right? Yeah. So the mountains are like so fascinating to me, just as a structure mm. that like the earth does. So I would live, I think, in Colorado. Okay, cool. Nice. Yeah. My cousin's mm -hmm. in Denver. Oh, nice. And, nice, and, nice, nice. And it's a great, I wanted to ask you that question because it's a great tour question because you all get to see like all these great places and you, if anyone's going to know, the people that go on tour would know. <laughs> Right. Um, okay. So you wake up in the morning and you need to like feel that vibe and like start your day off in the best way possible. What's your go-to song? What's the, what's the song or one of them? Okay. One of them that always puts me in a good mood is Boogie Shoes by Casey and Jojo. Not Casey and Jojo. What am I saying? Casey and the Sunshine Band. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Could you imagine Casey and Jojo? Let's, um, let's <laughs> okay. Wait. Say it one more time so I can I want to I want to make sure I, I listen to it. Oh yeah, boogie shoes. Boogie shoes. It's right. such a like put me in a good mood <laughs> song. Boogie shoes, Casey and the Sunshine Band. All right, uh -huh. listen to that afterwards. Mine right oh, yeah. now, you know, this isn't about me, but mine is uh Damn Baby by Alt Bloom. I'm writing it down. I'll uh I'll I'll email it over to you after we're done too. So you okay. if you uh Damn Baby by you say Alt? Yeah, A L T Bloom, like the flower. Bloom. Yeah. Nice. All right, everyone. Make sure <laughs> Boogie Shoes, 
and damn oh, baby yeah. so check that out see, <laughs> see uh put it in the comments if you like it uh, <laughs> all right last podcast uh, last hot seat podcast question here is going to be if you were an animal any animal like which kind of animal would you be and why <laughs> well i mean i've got like this cheetah print like <laughs> blanket on my bed and like my watch is cheetah print um I do love a cheetah. Like I love a big cat. Uh-huh. But I mean, I also love hippos, even though they're wildly aggressive. But I read once that like they're the most aggressive because they're like so protective of like their family and like their young ones. Aww. So if they're just like protective all I mean, if they're aggressive all the time, then I'm like terrifying because they like eat people. But I mean, if you're like, you know, messing with the babies and like, yeah, you know, I get it. But I don't know. I just love hippos. <laughs> Let's go. Hungry, hungry hippos. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I'm I'm dating myself with that that board game, but, you know, no, I loved it. <laughs> Many a like family brawl over the hungry, hungry hippo and like the monopoly. Like we had to we weren't like not allowed to play it for a little bit. Like you got to put it down. <laughs> well, congratulations. You're off the BFTS hot seat. Yeah, you made it. We made it. You made it. Just a little sweaty. It's fine. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> we, we shook it loose a bit. Um, in Within that, you said you were from Texas. So growing up in Texas, when did you become like a lover of the arts? Was this right out of the bat or when did this happen? Yeah, so my mom's a performer too. Um, she's based in Dallas. Uh, my dad is not a bass player by trade, but absolutely in his spare time. So my house was always full of music and full of like, let's get up and go see this show. And I would sit in my mom's rehearsals all the time. And she, <laughs> I would go with my like, with my Walkman, talk about dating yourself, right? With my, I'm sure it wasn't even mine, it was borrowed, like my sister's or whatever. And what, sit in rehearsal. Was it all gray or was it the yellow and black one? Ooh, the yellow and black one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we had a couple because we're, we're good at dropping them. And by we, probably me. But uh -huh. <laughs> um, but I would like sit there and she's like, okay, great. You've got like your homework or your little, your puzzles to do or your books to read, your things to listen to. And I really wouldn't do any of that. Like we'd bring this big bag of like activities, but I'd sit and really watch rehearsal. So when my mom would get notes, I'd be like, you're not doing that right. Like this, you have to start on the left foot, not the right foot. And she hated it. <laughs> like it, it was so, <laughs> she was like, please stop telling us what to do. Don't give notes. And I was like, I'm just trying to help you out. <laughs> um, but it was like, I was so immediately like, taken with the process of everything and and how it's built and how it's made and what it takes to make these giant shows what you know like giant shows in like small theaters in texas sure but like you know a show of any size like i was immediately like oh i like i love this and like seeing like how the sausage is made off the bat instead of being so enamored by like the beauty of the stage first mm. um gave me a little bit different of like a, you know, insight to like the industry and stuff. So I'm, that's, that's where my, like my origin story starts, I guess, is like in a rehearsal room seeing like, oh my gosh, this is what these people do for a living. Right. Like, cool. <laughs> what? So 
I've interviewed people in the past that also have family within the arts and the, the answer is always mixed. So was your mom, did she encourage you to follow this or was she like, you don't, you don't want to do this. You're like, don't, don't do it. (laughs) She was, uh, I would say she was a little bit of both, but, but really because people would always say, Oh, do you sing like your mom? Do you sing like your mom? And I was like, no, like I don't sing. No, I'm going to dance. Like, no. She doesn't dance, so I want to dance. Um, so they put me in dance classes, and and I stayed in them for a little bit. I ended up like dancing on like spirit teams and like dance teams in high school and stuff. So I had less like formal training in that respect. But my mom, when I decided like, hey, I I think I really kind of want to do more of this, like more theater things, and do these summer theater camps and things like that. She was like, great. If you're going to do it, you're going to learn all of it. So for Every show that she did at this specific theater in Dallas, I ran crew. So she was like, you're going to understand what it is to run around backstage and you're all blacks. You're going to carry the hampers. You're going to do the quick changes. You're going to pull the sets on and off. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. You're going to understand how to reset a mic pack. Like, you know what? Literally, like whatever the crew needed in that show. They're like, Tracy can do it. Tracy can do it. They like threw me $100 and they're like, yep, she's fine. Because... I think that kind of started around when my sister, my older sister is nine years older than me. So she had gone off to school and they were like, look, my, my dad was paying bass in the show. My mom was in the show and they were convinced I was going to burn the house down. So mm-hmm. they had to find a job for me somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, my, to answer your question, my mom was like, if you're going to do this. You're going to love, or at least have a great respect for everything that goes into it before you like feel the warmth of the lights on stage. Yeah. So I, anyone who knows me, especially in a work capacity, knows I really ride for my crew because I'm like, have I get it? I get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Even a small glimpse of it, it's just I just have that respect built in. Very cool. And then yeah. you go to school in Texas, or where did you go to study? I did. I went to school in Texas. Um, if you if I stayed in Texas, my I didn't have to pay tuition. It was free. Um, because God, God bless. (laughs) (laughs) Right. My, my parents, my, uh, my parents, my did this thing called the Texas tomorrow fund. I'm sure it's a different, um, name now, like for sure. I know I just am too old. Um, but it basically they paid into it and I could go for free, whatever. Um, so I actually did two years at a community college, um, which I freaking loved. And I did not think I would love because you leave school and you're like, I want to go to this big school and, you know, like this college life seems so glamorous. Yeah. Question mark. Um, But I did two years at a community college, which gave me so much. I, I hold them very close to my heart. And then I transferred to a school um, a little bit South of Dallas, three hours South North of in an hour North of Houston called Sam Houston state university. I did two years there. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, awesome. I, I saw that in your, your bio online. I wanted to bring it up because I always like to encourage the younger folks out there of like, Hey, talent's talent and wherever you're training and what you do with that training afterwards is really what it's all about. So, um, once you graduated, how did you keep that, uh, the skills you acquired in school going to pursue what now has been your Broadway debut? Yeah. I mean, I think that I 
want to like, yes, and your, you know, talent is talent, but honing it is, is also so important too. And yeah. honing it in whatever arena that you can, like, you know, college, unfortunately is expensive <laughs> and it's ridiculous. And sometimes people's families aren't so supportive of going to study theater, you know, or study the arts or things like that. So even if that is a community college with a great working staff, you're going to get a lot out of it. Um, back to your question. I'm queen of a tangent. So like, no. keep me on the train tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I guess, how did I keep those skills up? The things that I learned in yeah, schools? The, the better way that I should have asked it if I was a more skilled interviewer would be, <laughs> no. you know, the, the four years at school is just the beginning. And I think so often times when people go to New York and get caught up in the busyness of the survival job, the audition circuit, all of that, they kind of lose touch with, oh, I need to keep progressing uh, in my craft while managing all the other things that are going on in life. Yeah. you. I, I mean, like, this is a lesson that I've had to learn even now. I'm still learning because you do get swept up even in the busy in like the busyness of auditions. You're like, how I'm auditioning all the time. So I'm singing every day, you know, these songs, but at what point are you like, great, I got up and I went to the audition. That's the win, right? You like tell yourself that if, if a yes comes from it, that's great. If a no comes from it, that's fine. There's we're on to the next one. Right. But then you also have to go, okay, wait a minute. I'm going to these auditions and I'm not hearing anything okay, so now we, the callback has to be the win. Like now let's like, great. Step one complete. I'm waking up. I understand the New York city audition world. So like, let's get that invitation back into the room, you know, and, and really understanding like, Hey, I may only be able to afford one voice lesson a month, but I'm going to pay for that one voice lesson a month and before I get there, I need to know what I want to get out of it. Mm. So like, there's always a way, if you can afford a voice lesson, you know, twice a week, work, fantastic. But sometimes that's not always the case. So I think you have to know what you want to get out of every training session. If you're like, I just need to go and move my body in this dance class. Great. I just need to go and I need to work on this song because these four bars of music are really hard for me. So I need to work on that. And um, you have to like, yes, the financial component of it, but also like the setting aside time, I think is also a really big thing to learn. We're so, I'm so, I should say, I'm so stuck on my phone all the time that I'm like, great, I have four things to get done today, just four. And then I find myself spending hours on my phone and I'm like, throw it away. I have like an actual timer like that I got from Amazon that I'm like, I have to spend one hour working on just this song. So mm. here we go. One hour. I need nothing else. <laughs> you know, no timer on my phone, but yeah, yeah. Um, really like, yeah, like setting aside that time is, is a big win for me when I can do that. Yeah. Let's go back to the one voice less than a month. I love that. It brings up a great topic for either voice, dance, physical training, uh, reading books, like books, is, it comes right off the top of my head. People will, I don't know, 
they'll read a, a book a, a book a week, a book a month, whatever, tons of books, but they never apply anything that they learn from the book or they listen to all these like self-help podcasts or people on Instagram and they do nothing with it. So that one voice lesson a month in comparison to someone that could afford two a week, like you said, if you take that one voice lesson though and everything you learn from it, just take every piece of meat off that bone you can, you're still going to be further ahead than the person taking eight a month that's not really implementing what what's being said. And that's the same thing with physical training is that people could train for six days a week but spend three-fourths of the time on their phone scrolling or they could be at the gym only twice a week but being as dialed in as possible, setting that timer, if you will, and saying like, hey, I'm here for 60 minutes and I'm here to put the work in. So I love that what exactly. you uh, what you said there. Yeah, exactly. It's like truly sitting at the gym. I've had plenty of days where I'm like, I have been here for hours and I have not checked off any of these things on like my list of like, these are the exercises I'm going to hit today. And I'm yeah. like, what am I doing? I'm just, okay. And sometimes it's like, you know, feels like home. It's like, ah, great. I'm at the gym. This is a good, a happy place. But sometimes I'm like, we got to get out of here. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's like focus and dial in. Yeah, exactly. It's like with anything. Yeah, I, I test most all of the workouts that I write up. And sometimes clients will be like, it took me two and a half hours to complete this session. You know, Coach Joe, like we got to tone it down a bit. And I'm like, that's, that's strange because I tested this and it took me about 50 minutes. So I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> I don't know what you're, I don't know what you're doing you're at like, the gym, but. Hmm, didn't take me that long at all. Yeah. Oh, okay, <laughs> so the gym's home to you. So uh, you enjoy training. Uh, tell us a little bit just about that, like how it's a part of your your life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I call myself a fitness enthusiast because I'm enthusiastic about it, but I don't always, I'm not anybody's expert, right? Like, I know I love to move my body and I'm much better when I move my body. I do it every day intentionally. Um, and I often... I'm like, not often, I know for sure I am, my voice is better. My show is better. I'm more connected to anything I have to do on stage. If I've moved my body, if that's like going to the gym and walking on the treadmill for a half hour, then I will go and walk on the treadmill. If that's, I take my dog on a two mile hike when it's not blistering outside, um, up here in Inwood through the woods. And that can be my like intentional moving for the day. Um, but I definitely like to lift. I I'm one of those girls who likes to lift heavy in the gym and people are like, Oh, do you need help? I'm like, no. Um, but <laughs> I, I love it. I like, I have really, I've made it, um, non-negotiable for me. It's like, um, someone once told me that I should do something for myself every day. <laughs> Um, and so often the thing that I can do for myself is to move my body, even if it's 30 minutes, if that's 30 minutes of yoga in my living room, if that's getting up and going downtown to a class, if that's going around the corner to the gym, if it's going to the field and throwing a ball with my dog, like if I can like take that time for myself, I know that I will feel better. And all the time it's, it's physical movement. Mm. All right, me. everyone. Yeah. Rewind about 90 seconds and play that again <laughs> and uh, get to it. All right, get to it. Okay, so Broadway debut in Shucked. Um, was it just like, 
the red carpet was rolled out for you or what was your Broadway journey like? Was Were there times where you questioned yourself in your career? Were there times where you're just booking and booking and booking and now you end up on Broadway? What, what was your journey like to getting to this point? I know it's a very broad question and we could go many different ways with it, but to kind of uh, zoom in on where I'm going with it is just fitness, career, everything. It's never just a, you know, we're there. There's, there's the, the ruts, there's the potholes in, in the road, all of that. Tell us a little bit about your journey to this point. Yeah, definitely. So I didn't ever want to live in New York. Um, it was always a place that existed, but it was never like, I got to graduate and get to New York and get to Broadway. I watched my mom my entire life be a performer and be so fulfilled and filled by the community in Dallas. Dallas has a great theater community. Um, so I'm very fortunate to be from a place with a good theater community, to be honest. Um, but I watched my mom do it all the time growing up. So I didn't think I needed New York. Um, and I was doing a show at Dallas Theater Center with my mom, actually, first one that we had done professionally together. And there were a lot of um, New Yorkers in the cast, people who had moved to New York, people who lived in New York. And out of college, I had been consistently working. Um, and two years after school, uh, two years after I graduated, we ended up being in the show with these people. And they said, great, when are you moving to New York? And I said, oh, I'm not. And they were like, so you have another job after this? And I was like, mm, no. <laughs> oh, gosh. And my mom from down the hall was like, someone tell her. Someone let her know she's moving. And I was like, okay, pay no attention to the woman behind the curtain. And like, she's fine. She didn't know what she's talking about. <laughs> um, and basically, I came out of that contract um, in two weeks after I moved to New York. Um, <laughs> because somebody needed a sublet. It was either move to New York or buy a new car. And I came home one day from the show and I told my dad, okay, I think I'm moving to New York. And he was like, okay, how, all right, two weeks, let's order you a TV. Like, like he was like, I don't know how you do this. Um, so I got here, I had a good um, group of people, small group of people who were like, great, this is how you get downtown. This is um, how you find an audition, go. And so I did a lot of no's because, of course, I did get um, used to just getting up and going to the audition and like, great, did it. Now I can go get some ice cream and go home. Literally, I would go to that Cold Stone Creamery in Times Square on the way home that now no longer exists. Thank goodness. Um, <laughs> and like reward myself for like going. But um yeah, there's a there's a lot of like up and down. I did the catering, I did the coat check, um, and I had I got the chance to go back home actually to Dallas to do Dream Girls, and at the end of that contract, I said I cannot go back and cater. Like this was far too much fun. The cast, the people, I, I this is what I'm supposed to do, and I went back to New York. I threw away my catering uniform. Sorry. Um, probably should have turned that back in, um, but I threw it away <laughs> and a week later I had booked the tour of beautiful mm. and I don't know if it was my mindset. I don't know if it was the right time at the right place. I don't know if it was just, I had the right shape of like my head was the right shape. 
that day and that was the shape that they were looking for. But I think all of these things come into play, but I, I think yeah. really changing my mindset of like, this is what I have to do. Um, so I did that for two years. I did Ain't Too Proud for a year and some change. Um, and I actually um, was on a layoff week. I'd come back to the city on Ain't Too Proud. And we had we were putting in nine people. And I was the assistant dance captain. Our dance captain was going to go be the associate in London. So he was rehearsing people on our layoff. I was rehearsing the nine new people coming in. And I got an in-person call for a swing for Shucked. My agent was like, this is weird. We didn't submit you for this, but do you want to go in? I was like, I'll be in town. So might as well. He's like, great. So I went in and I was like, okay, this show is about corn. Um, <laughs> what? Okay. Like <laughs> either this is what they're looking for. Or it's not. Um, it was one of those moments in the audition room that everyone started to like laugh so hard. I had to wait. And I was like, okay, so at least I know I'm on track with like the tone of the show. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. I'm like, it's one of those things like, great. I made him laugh. That's the win. Let me go back, run back to rehearsal to put these people into the show again. Um, I had a call back and then a month later I got an email that said, great, you're in. Um, so it was bizarre. And that's all over like eight years of being in New York city. Mm. <laughs> so like moved, did a year of all the survival jobs. I did two contracts that took me back home. I did two years of a tour, a few other regional gigs that I adored and I'm so grateful for. And then another a pandemic um a tour of a show that i was not interested in doing the tour before and then the pandemic makes you go sure i guess we're going on the road um <laughs> but you know all of those things have led me to swinging my first time swinging um i feel like my dance captain brain has absolutely prepared me for that i f like read um like my own charts, like football plays. So I like know this person moves to the left. So I know this person has to move to the right. Um, I think it's like, so prepared me to do exactly this. So it's giving me new experience after new experience, um, building a brand new show for Broadway um, as it's going to actively going to Broadway is so new, but also understanding that from a swings perspective is wild. Um, uh, I've never been a lead leading lady. I've never even really seen myself that way. So I've been on um, a number of times now in that track and it's given me another like sensation that I'm like, wow, this is also fun. Maybe I shouldn't count myself out of these things. Um, so it's, it's interesting. It's like, it's changing my perspective on my own career and saying like, oh, great. I've already surprised myself with these things in just this one show. Like maybe there is something more to push myself. Maybe there's another avenue I'm, I've been, you know, keeping in the dark in my mind or not looking at actively. So like, maybe I could let myself explore that. Like, let me like fail forward over here a little bit to see, to see how that goes. And, and yeah, yeah challenge yeah. myself that way. Yeah. They can't see you as something that you can't see yourself as, um, and if yeah. you if you don't or whatever fitness you don't think you can accomplish something you're not gonna accomplish it so easy 
Easy. Yeah. yeah. And it's like the consistency of like that thought is so important. Like the consistency of like, oh, I really want to be this strong or look this way or or build my confidence in the gym. It's like, well, the only way you're going to do that is to be consistent. And if that mm-hmm. that consistency of how you talk to yourself, consistency of how you talk to yourself and how you show up for yourself mm-hmm. and how you allow yourself to take up space in these audition rooms, these these theaters, these rehearsal spaces and allow yourself to fully explore the the gamut of your talent is is the only way you're going to see yourself in those arenas nice yeah as as we wrap this up if you have any off the top of your head what are a few of your favorite one-liners from the show i was um i was just amazed at like it's just one after the other and what and they weren't <laughs> they weren't like forced or out of place they just like pop up seamlessly and you're like wait did they just say what i think they just said oh my gosh yes it's like robert horn's mind is so incredible and to think that only a fraction of them made it on stage is insane i they yeah. they try to tell us not to well not try to they tell us not to give away all the jokes in the show, mm. but like one of them that didn't make it that <laughs> makes me laugh. I hope it's like funny. But if you've seen Peanut is a character in our show and has the bulk of the one liners and it's great stops the show with laughter nightly, and played by the brilliant Kevin Cahoon and Kevin said this line in rehearsal once, um. He says, if you've seen a shopping center, you've seen them all. Like, you've seen them all. Mm-hmm. And that, like, it's like things like that that make you go like, oh, my God. Right, like, right, right. <laughs> like, make you want to roll your eyes and, like, you really don't want to laugh. But you're like, it. you have to. It's just so ridiculous. You know, you like, know what I just put together that I'm sure the brilliance of the 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 writer uh, mm-hmm. I just thought when you said that, I was like, that's so corny. And the show is about corn. It had, oh, to, yeah. it had to have been intentional. <laughs> like, hey, this show is about corn. So the comedic vibe is going to be corny. Oh, yeah. And it's like, you got to jump on the train from the beginning. Oh, like, yeah. The, the audience was just, they were there with you. They were, when, yeah. I, when, I, when I went, it was, we were, we were laughing. <laughs> our right. It's time. like, yeah. If you're, if you're coming for like the super deep, deep storyline that's wonderful but we really need you to come to laugh right yeah (laughs) because we can we've got that in like no short supply like we have got the ridiculous silly one-liners and all the jokes you could possibly ever need yeah yeah all right tracy uh elaine lee thanks for the laughs (laughs) thanks for the inspiration as well um i was taking notes as we were speaking the the time stamps there so hopefully all those those little golden uh, bits that were in this podcast, you all will rewind and listen to again and again, because those are the affirmations you need to be the special person that you are. Uh, So Tracy, appreciate you. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm such, I'm such a fan. I'm such like been a follower for a long time. (laughs) It's, it's so cool to be here. So thanks for, for letting me be a little, Join the team, be a little part of the team yeah. for a little bit. So, yeah. Absolutely. All, All right. right. Congratulations on everything. And enjoy your Monday and enjoy Back to the Future. 
Thanks, I will. I will. <laughs> All right, Tracy Elaine Lee from Shucked the Musical. Make sure you check uh, Tracy out on the gram. We're going to put that uh, in the description of this episode. Uh, and you just click on that. Make sure to give her a follow. And yeah, I'm Joe Roscoe with Bill for the Stage. Actors or athletes, train like one. Later. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.